This podcast is gold. Basketball gold. You're tuned into the best Cleveland Cavaliers podcast in all the land. Basketball gold. Hosted by Mike Fratello and Jeff Phelps. Brought to you by Betway.com. Betway for the sport of it. Gambling problem? 1-800-GAMBLING. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Basketball Gold with Fratello and Phelps. My partner, Mike Fratello, former head coach of the Atlanta Hawks, Cleveland Cavaliers, Memphis Grizzlies, color analyst currently with the Los Angeles Clippers and the Cleveland Cavaliers. I'm Jeff Phelps from 92.3 The Fan in Cleveland. Sir, good to see you. I can tell you you're you're in your office right now enjoying life, but soon travels are ahead. What What's next on the Fratello calendar? New York City, Big Apple. Ooh. Going in there for Saturday night encounter Clippers versus Knicks. Then Monday night, Clippers versus Brooklyn. Get on the plane Tuesday, fly all day to LA. Then on Wednesday, Dallas at Clippers. On Thursday, Joe Torrey's Safe at Home Foundation fundraiser. Day off from basketball. Then Friday, next game, Sunday, next game, then fly back here again. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm doing my daily radio show. I don't live, <laughs> I don't live the exciting Fratello life. I'm mixing in some Akron men's and women's basketball though. So that's kind of fun. I like that. That's fun. Cavaliers are playing the Memphis Grizzlies, Mike, on Thursday and will have played the, the Grizzlies on Thursday. I think these two teams are and, and I wouldn't call them mirror images of each other. I don't think that's true. But they're both younger teams, and they have similar records. And, and let me bounce some of these things. This is what made me think this. Right now, uh, before they play, Cavs are 31-22. and 22. Grizzlies have won one more game. They're 32-19. and 19. Each team terrific at home. 21-6 and six for the Cavs and 21-4 and four for the Grizz. And these are two of your teams, obviously two of your three teams that you coached and both are struggling on the road a little bit. Cavaliers 10 and 16 Grizzlies 11 and 15. And I say struggling only because they're, they're behind other teams that are near the top of their conferences that they're competing with that have been better on the road. But I I think they're kind of interesting, young, somewhat similar teams because really good young cores, Mike, who I think have caught the attention of an awful lot of people. There's no question about it. Um, for some reason, Jeff, every team, and I, I can't think of one that has not gone through at least one stretch this year where they lose three in a row, four in a row, some of them five in a row, and then all of a sudden they bounce back and put a string back together again. And it's happened to everyone. Boston has, has gone through that type of a thing, uh, who had the best record in the league for so many uh, weeks. So I don't know why, obviously, Stephen Adams missing from Memphis is a huge piece for them. Uh, he's so big and strong and plays that center position so well. Uh, but you had John Moran out for X number of games and guys who were really playing well and shooting the ball well, suddenly Memphis is having a hard time making three-point shots and they take enough of them during the course of the game. And I've seen a number of teams go through this where they can't make shots all of a sudden. And it is the fact that the all-star game is coming up very soon. And it's normally about that time that 
the players, coaches, everyone's kind of welcomes a little break to uh, gas back up again, get ready for the stretch run. Uh, but for some reason, you've got to be able to fight through these periods that every team seems to be going through, whether it be because of injury or the way the schedule has fallen. And then you got to bounce back mm -hmm. or else all of a sudden you're going to be in the middle of the pack where you know, and I know, there are so many teams bunched up, all fighting for a playoff spot. Well, let's start again, all fighting for home court advantage, Yes. then a playoff spot, then a play-in spot. And there are a lot of people that are in competition for those spots. And there are a lot of spots. 20 of the 30 teams in the NBA get in this year. I, I think that's, and, and last year with the play-in tournament, I think it's really interesting. The The one thing we've heard a lot, Mike, lately, and the, the Cavs have gone through a little bit of a, of a I won't even call it a, a terribly tough stretch, but they've been about a month without winning two games in a row. And that's after, you know, starting the season eight and one and being really good. We've heard a lot about a young team coming together. And I, I need your, I need your expertise on this. Does that mean young players? Because Donovan Mitchell is 26 and Darius is 24. Jared Allen is, is in his mid twenties as well. And Evan Mobley's just 21. Does that mean young as in ages? Because you know, Mitchell and Allen are, are veterans at this point, even though they're in their mid-20s. Or does that mean young team as in, okay, Donovan just came here and we've only played 50-some games together. We need to learn how to play together. So as a team or a, or a young group coming together, or is it some combination of both? I think you have to be in the locker room uh, to know every day what goes on with every team because some teams are led by individuals that have strong personalities that are outstanding players and the people will listen and follow because of who it is. Let's use a LeBron James as an example. He'll be vocal. Then he'll go out on the floor and back it up with his play. There are other strong leaders that are not very vocal. Larry Bird was not a vocal player to his teammates, meaning in the locker rooms, getting on them all the time. He may have had fun with them. Mm -hmm. He may have been, you know, encouraging to them, uh, but he was the leader by his play. They watched what he did. They watched him dive for loose balls. You know, they watched him make the extra pass. And then they watched him make big shots at the end of games to win games and championships. So he led that way. Michael Jordan did it both ways. He wasn't afraid to say to his teammates, they got to get their act together. Then he went out on the floor and showed them by his play. So who's leading this Cavaliers team? Is it Jared Allen because of his seniority and his presence out there? Kind of a quiet guy, but he could be a leader in the locker room. A lead by Don example guy, certainly, yes. Yeah. Uh, it could be Donovan Mitchell, who we – I had the feeling that he will speak his mind and, and talk to the guys in the locker room if – if something's not right or if you see something wrong, that he would not be afraid. I don't know if Darius is at that point yet that he's willing to take on those responsibilities. I don't think Mobley wants to be in that spot right now. It's hard for younger guys, like you mentioned, 21, 22-year-old guys, to try and step above veteran guys who are good guys and leaders in their own right and take over, unless you're a really superstar kind of guy Right. That has the you know ultimate confidence in himself and what he can do 
out on the floor. So having said that, you know, maybe it's a team that's looking around for somebody to step up and be that leader on the team and help them during these times. And you have to go through experiences to have experience. Mm. That's why veteran teams, they say they've been there before. They know what it's about. So when it comes back around the second and third time, they try to deal with it and handle it better. A new young team that's just kind of getting there now, achieving success. Remember last year, the Cavaliers started out achieving great success. They were the talk of the league. Yes. And then all of a sudden, there was an injury here, an injury there, and they weren't that same Cavaliers team. And down the stretch, you know, it wasn't the same Cavs team down the back stretch. So they're going through it again now. And let's see if after going through this period that they're going through, which hasn't been the best and not necessarily shooting the ball as well as they can, missing free throws, making mistakes at the end of the game, turning over the ball and giving up points off the turnovers uh, that are greater than their opponents are. Maybe they need to be working their way out of this now. I'm sure the team is talking in the locker room. I know J.V. Bickerstaff is an excellent communicator, not afraid to bring up to them what has been going wrong and how they can correct it. But these are things that are correctable if everybody buys in and is on the same page. J.B. spoke at at length earlier this week, Mike, about uh, what what he labeled as negative talk around the Cavaliers. And I I found that kind of interesting. But I I, I was surprised to hear him, him bring that up because I don't know if it was negative or if it's the, and, and a lot of the talk and, and from fans, from media folks or whatever, wouldn't some of that talk be based on the Cavs raising expectations? I, I think of people, you know, fan base uh, of media folks because they've played so well this year and because they've looked so good at times. And if that's the case, how does a team handle outside expectations or, or can, can you just ignore those? I, I would think you could ignore them because your own expectations are going to be greater than what anybody else thinks about what you're going to do this year, I would think. As you know, Jeff, this is not the old days where the only way of communicating Mm. or or following the sport is either through reading a newspaper, radio, or TV. Now there are so many more areas that if they try to eliminate those three, they pick up their phone and they have to deal with Instagram and text messaging and all that stuff that goes on. So to completely ignore it may be hard. Can you get hardened to it? Yeah, you can get a harder shell on the outside and not take it to heart. But when when people from the outside are talking about you, I don't care who it is, it hurts. When people are saying negative things about you, it hurts. And uh, the town wants this team to do so well, I think, that, as you said, they raised the bar so high if the expectations are they're going to win night in and night out. Well, the league is not about that right now. If you look at how many teams are closer to each other yeah. than how many teams have separated themselves from each other, it's, there are many teams that fall into that category that are somewhere between 8, 10, 12, 14 games above 500. It's more like teams who are two or three games above 500 or at 500 or one or two games below 500. That's the majority right now in the NBA. And it's at parity. Does the schedule have anything to do with it? Uh, I think this year I'm, I'm seeing a strange reaction to schedule this year. 
And what's that? Is it because they snuck some things in this year? The the two times in a row against the same team. Sometimes it has one day in between. You go to Dallas, play them twice with one day off in between. Whether you're playing back to back nights in the other city, I don't know if that's what it is, but. Why are so many teams around the 500 mark and so close to each other and so few have separated themselves? It's really true. In the Eastern Conference right now, uh, the Wizards, and they've been playing really well, they're two games under 500. They're in ninth place right now. So it, it's really crowded. And between the Wizards and the Bucks, who are in second place, it's nine and a half games different. So I, I, get, I get that. How does a team learn to deal with some of that stuff, Mike? It, or or is it just going through it and knowing you have to block out all that stuff and worry about your business? Well, this is where a veteran guy has been around the league for a while and has had the experience. Donovan Mitchell has been in the playoffs in the Western Conference more than just one time. Right, five so, times. Yeah, and Donovan could certainly speak to his experiences with Utah, what it was like to win a series, win a round, or what it's like to get knocked out of a round, not go any further than your team and your city had hoped you would do it. So he's got to be able to pass that on, share it with the guys. And in the doldrums of the season, he's got to be able to talk to them about, hey, there's a lot of guys tired right now. There's a lot of guys nicked up right now. But if we want to stay in that upper echelon, if we want to fight for home court advantage, we can't let that affect us. When the other teams are failing at this time, we put together a run We'll open up that gap. We'll secure a home court playoff spot, and we will have accomplished the first thing we wanted to this season, uh, which is to be in the playoffs and have a home court advantage first round. That would be terrific. This has been Basketball Gold, brought to you by Betway.com. Betway, for the sport of it. Gambling problem? 1-800-GAMBLER.